Hey, Adam. What's up? We're going to talk about some unintended benefits. What about intended consequences? Well, that would be good, but that would be the converse of the unintended benefits. But we're going to have some. We're going to have a little bit of fun today. Let's I, go should, to the I shed. could use some fun. I could okay, use some let's fun. do it. I'm Adam Ennis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Real talk from two players. <laughs> that's Wait, a new what? one for you. Wait, what? <laughs> real talk from two players. Yes, because that's what we do here. This is real talk. This is real players. talk, man. Yeah. Forget and, about jazz, pianists, okay. musicians, and all couple, that. We're players. No, I have a couple questions. Okay. So real talk, does that mean we're talking about anything for real? Well, we're talking about a specific subject as we do. We, we're very good at staying on script. We're also very good at leaving the script. Even burning the script, we, crumpling the we're script, no, we are known to shredding burn, the script, yeah. hiding the script. Uh, no, actually, it, this is a very, uh, uh, I, I think, intentional episode today. But we like to keep it real here. We do. We, we don't just like take the stuff and regurgitate it. So, you know, it's New Year, New Me, New You, New what? Podcast. <laughs> no, so we're gonna no, <laughs> no we're anti New Year, New Me. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. No, but I just you know I like to try out the different um, oh, slogans. I, oh, we all know, line. we all know the slogan. We'll see how it goes. Let us know in the comments. If you're not on the YouTube, that's fine. But go over there to leave a comment. Because, I have one more question. Yes, what is the slogan again? Real talk from two players. Oh, did you I write it down? down. Okay. I wrote it down. <laughs> look, look, you want to see how and I spelled it? Okay, it is players with a Y A. Players, not an right. E R. Because we're piano players, right? <laughs> Real talk from two players. Uh... What is it? I'm not a player. I just crush a lot. That's how I feel sometimes <laughs> exactly. about the piano. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, no, I'm excited about today's episode, man. You've been doing this 30 day challenge. Yes. And it's been a 30 big, day practice challenge. It's a 30 day practice challenge. You did this right before the pandemic, from what I remember. We were yes. in New Orleans. I remember you just like <laughs> trying to find pianos in the hotel yeah, in New Orleans you know, yeah. at, at the Gen Conference, trying to yeah. keep your 30 day challenge going. Yep. And that was really great. What was that one? Was that a similar thing? It was the same. Well, it was the same concept, same guardrails, same kind of construct, which was... Well, break it down. Practicing something, anything. Uh Well, I would give that to folks as a suggested thing. But you would practice that phrase or that scale of that line in all 12 keys every day. Yeah. And this year, there's been a little bit of confusion because some folks are like... Oh, wait, do I practice that each day in a different key? Well, that would be nice, right? Yeah. But it's not that easy. But it's not that hard easy. I kind of vary it. But basically, I'll give a phrase. Like, I think today is... Maybe don't play it sloppy like I just did. Did you hear that? I did. So the thing is, one, two, three, four. So we're kind of thinking about... Of course, that's in C major, right? And then you would go through... um, on this one, yeah, it starts on the five. And then minor third, major third. And that's the only non-diatonic part. What was it? Up to the ninth. Yep. You got it. Great. And then we go through... All 12 keys. And like, I like to vary this up. This is really however you want to do it exactly. Perfect four. I don't know. For this one, it just seems natural to kind of go circle of fourths. Yeah. Cycle of fourths? Well, circle of fourths. It's because you're starting on the fifth. So, so when you start, oh, when I you're in the key of C that. and then you want to go up a fourth, you start from the key that you're coming from. The right? five becomes the C, right? The five becomes the, the one becomes the five. I love that, just that, that minor third in there. There's that one little note makes a huge difference. Yeah. 
That's great. And then so from here, if I want to start on B flat, yeah, it's what was the tonic of F now becomes the starting point for the next key. If you're going right. up a fourth, right? Yep, one becomes the five. So so super important. So you might play this. And what's great about these? Everything you're doing too with these is you can play them over different chords. Like you could play this if we go back to C. You could play it over C major. Yep. You could also play it over over the relative minor, A minor. Yeah. It'll work on like an exactly. A minor 7. Yeah. I mean, you could actually do it over like a 2-5. Right? Or even... It'll work. Or even... Oh yeah, one six two five. Yeah, just anything in the general diatonic key will work. That's really great, man. So yeah, and that's kind of going more advanced for a lot of folks. Just getting this line and then taking it through. Maybe the first couple of keys wouldn't be that difficult, but as you move through, it really gets you to adjust. And that's what we're going to talk about: sort of the unintended benefits of this. And you know, the great thing about practicing in all twelve keys and using that as sort of your restriction, your guardrails, your restrictive practice. Um, the restricted part is not the keys you're playing them on all keys is the specific line that you're playing so it gets you to think about the construction the architecture kind of your 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 signposts within every key that you might not think about so like if we jump up to um G flat there's a couple things that we're still thinking about what is the 5 you know up to that seven to the ninth, and then that minor third, major third. Everything's the same, but it... yep. yeah, that's tough fingering wise. Fingering definitely one of the unintended um, benefits. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so let's let's maybe talk about. So we should break down the architecture of this line and kind of demonstrate how you can do that with any line. Yeah, but let's talk about the unintended benefits of putting something in twelve keys. I would say first of all, what are the intended benefits? The intended benefits are that you practice in keys that you might not be familiar with. So like G flat, right? It's it's very rare that you might play something in a like a bebop context like this line I would say has, you know, notes of yeah. that you know you would be playing a 1625 or rhythm changes in G flat, right? Or a blues in G flat. That's not something that you would really do right. very often. So an intended consequence of practicing everything in 12 keys is that yes, you're more familiar with G flat. I think that's definitely one of them. The other one would be uh I think the would be the act of like transposition, you could say. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But what would be the unintended benefits of doing this? Like what is something that people are getting that they might not realize they're getting? Yeah, well, so you hit on one of them fingering, certainly for pianists, but I would say for every instrument that does fing- you know, bass, yeah. guitar, uh, trumpet, you know, there's like you're having to navigate the same Line and you could think, okay, well, you just adjust for that. But but if you're thinking about it, and I I try to place these every day in the context of some kind of feel and groove. So the idea is like one, two, a one, two, three, four. So we're starting in C, yeah. Um, but you're sort of getting what the phrasing, that sort of bebop phrasing. So the challenge with the fingering becomes not just how do you get through the line, and you can certainly can and should slow these down to wherever you can execute them but it's not just being able to play the notes at first it will be but it's also about being able to play so like when i like i was going up without going under to four and five there and it's very difficult to to execute that bebop phrasing on that line if you don't change the fingering so that's like 
making those fingering adjustments on the fly. And look, these are going by every day. You don't need to like work out the fingering and I'm not going to give you the fingering. The idea is like if you're improvising these lines and you hear that in these new keys, how do you make those adjustments? Not so that the fingering is perfect, but that's so that you catch the key parts of that phrase with some fingering that can bring out that phrase. Yeah, definitely. The technical aspect of this is unparalleled. If you yeah. want to get good at playing like how you play, the instrument, doing things in 12 keys is the best way to do it because it forces you to have to solve these problems that you, I mean, if we're being honest, if you don't work on it intentionally, you'll just avoid when you improvise, right? right? right. It's just like, oh, I can't do that in G flat. I don't need to know how to do that. Or, or I'm too scared to attempt it because I'm on stage or whatever. Like this forces you to, f- to solve technical problems that need um, solving. You also mentioned like hearing it. And I would yeah. say that's probably one of the biggest unintended benefits yes. is that it's ear training because Absolutely. when you because we're not transposing you don't want to think like up a fourth right no. that's the that's not how to think about this or however you do it but you want to try to hear it yes. from the from the original example why doesn't it sound the same in f as it did in c and this is why you have to push through these a little bit you don't want to like wait and sit and work them out or just look at the i mean for open studio members we do have a pdf available for each day i will say that controversial by popular, yeah but a little controversial but no, no no it's super helpful especially if you don't have a lot of time on these but if you have time the best ways is to push through a little bit ahead of your comfort zone so that you should be making and this is the way i practice this comes out of like still the way that i practice so i know this from personal experience, and I know that how much it's helped me, but you need to push through where you're making a few mistakes. So in other words, I would want to play this at a tempo that really causes me to have to play and sort of finger without being able to stop and think. If I play it at... First of all, I'm not really playing with a groove or a a kind of feel that I want to do it. And I'm also playing it slow enough that I know I can pretty much, you know, easily get through it without having any problems, without having any fingering snafus. But the way I practice this would be, and actually I do this for a little more challenge. Sometimes I just go left hand. That was kind of a funky left hand finger, if you could see that. And then I would, but I wouldn't sit on that too much. Then I'm going right into. I mean, so, this is like them that you know when you're having to really pay attention. And if you're making a few mistakes, you know, that's good. That is good. Like, that's yeah. when you're training your ear. Yeah. Ah. And see, that just there, I had the thumb on the B flat, and that's already messing me up. So I go to two. Ah, I didn't play the minor third, but I heard it. Right. Yeah, the ear training here is so important. Yeah, so you want to be pushing through a little bit quicker than your comfort zone. Well, and as you added that left hand, it really got me thinking about one of the the huge benefit of this, really, and like the thing that's sort of baked into it that you can't recreate any other way, is that it forces you out of your comfort zone. Yes. Right? So some things, like you could come up with a line and it probably lays really well in your hand, maybe in your right hand. Yeah. When you start adding it in your left hand, when you start taking it through all 12 keys, that naturally is going to be hard. Unless you're a guitarist. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, it's going to be harder for you. And I think this is where a lot of people fall off here, and they might not understand the context of it. So, like, the pain of it being difficult. Yes. Is the learning process. That is what you want to feel. No pain, no gain. So you have to sort of like frame it as uh, an al- analogy that gets used about this, especially with like personal growth or whatever, is uh, that pain is necessary and you have to be able to frame it like it should be hard. I should fail at this 
So a great example is like if you woke up in the middle of the night yeah. and you felt like it feels to deadlift 400 pounds. Yeah. At like at 3 a.m. you just woke up. You feel like you're in the middle of a, of a deadlift to failure, right? That would be an emergency. It would be a medical emergency. Yeah. But as you're practicing lifting weights or trying to get more weight on, you have it in the frame of mind of like, this is going to be uncomfortable because it has to be. That's why it's good, right? Yeah. So make sure that you have this frame. A lot of people want to stay in their comfort zones as they're learning things, but that's not how you learn. You have to sort of force yourself into harder and harder things. Taking it through 12 keys should be difficult. It should make you feel uncomfortable. It should be a challenge, and that's why it's good. Exactly. And I like that you, you kind of pivoted there from pain to discomfort, and that's the key. Um, of course – Yeah, not physical pain. That's what I want to Right. And, you know, but even at the piano, that can be a thing, certainly with lifting weights. Like we want to – like we – I made a joke, you know, no pain, no gain. Actually, that's not the way we want to approach this. It's more like no discomfort, right. no gain. We right. want to get out of our comfort zone. We don't want it certainly not to be physically painful, but we also don't want to be moving through so much that we're slopping our way through it. A few little mistakes that we stop and correct, that means you're it's, – it's like the pacing of it. Just like you don't want to add so many weights that you're – like, you know, harming. I mean, well, the thing is you do have to harm, kind of break down your muscles and then they rebuild. Yeah. But it's like how do you get into that zone where it doesn't break you down so that you have to take too many days off where you're actually injuring yourself? But that's it's similar to what's going on in our brains when we're learning things. We have to, like, carve these neural pathways, right, these Ooh. new networks. Did you just say neural pathways? You get me excited when you say know, that. Come you, on now. I know this guy loves that. <laughs> but you do. You, you can't just think your way, okay, I'm going to play this lick in G flat. Yeah. Like you have to be able to – develop some discomfort, fail, relearn it, forget it. You know what I mean? Relearn it again. It takes like several times of learning it, forgetting it. And great musicians, people who are really good at learning stuff quickly, they do that at a very quick pace where they'll learn it, forget it, learn it, forget it, learn it, forget it, learn it. Oh, that process is so valuable. Like, it so hurts. That's, it's hard on your ego too. It is. It is. But I mean, look, we're doing this in the practice room on our own. Don't, and don't look at this as, um, you know, I want to share, and I mean, people are sharing their practice challenge, which is great, and I love seeing that. But don't feel like you, what you have to share has to be perfect. Um, you know, it really should be about the process. That's why on some of mine, I leave in if I make a mistake or something, because I want people to see this is the way I practice it. And we don't, there's a difference between sloppy and, you know, being on that edge of discomfort where you really have to focus in because it's that, that's probably the biggest unintended benefit of this kind of practicing, going through all 12 keys, taking the same thing but pushing through to those uncomfortable areas. It, they, it gets us to think on our feet in a way, think lighter on our feet, just like we need to do when we're improvising. Just It's like the difference between someone that can do... And they can rip through that. It's like, well, take it up a half step. Can you do the same thing? No, you yeah. can't. I'd like to say I'm. I, that's a great demonstration of playing sloppy, but I'm actually trying to play that. So it's like now, what do I do? I don't take this down to like. Well, maybe I do take it there, but I don't take it down to like. Wait, what did I play here exactly? It's like no, it's a new thing. How can I? How do I get my fingers adjusted? How do I get my ears adjusted to hearing that? To really, you know. So I played that E at first, but I heard it, you know. 
I mean, I can feel myself on that edge, and that's where the development happens. So important. And then you're also, that might I think, be tomorrow's, the, probably the, way. the the last huge benefit yeah. is that you're learning how to learn things in the key of music, which is a term that mm. you mentioned in one of your videos. Very popular video, by the way. Congrats on this one. Hit video for Open Studio called How to Learn Anything in Any Key, How to Practice, what is it? How, how to, to Play in Every Key. How to Play in Every Something. Key. Something know. like that. We'll link to it below. <laughs> <laughs> Title's not important. <laughs> what is important is you mentioned something that you had heard from Elf Marsalis or someone. Yeah. Elf Marsalis. Uh, possibly Nicholas Payton. <laughs> <laughs> Via Nicholas Payton. Via Nicholas Payton. OG. Uh, that, that you want to learn things in the key of music, yes. right? That, that you don't know it unless you know it in the key of music, meaning that... Uh, it doesn't matter what key is in. You can figure it out. You right. can't do that, again, just by thinking about it, by conceptualizing it. You actually have to experience it and practice it. And so this practice of taking whatever you're working on, whether that's a, a bit of melodic content or even voicings or melodies to songs, yep. to every key is the only way to really practice things in the key of music. And that's how you get better at it. So that it's, if you want to do things like take your, you know, uh, what was it? Yep. To different keys, you know how to do that pretty effortlessly, right? You can right. at least you know what the process is going to be like. Right. The more you do it, the easier it gets. Absolutely, oh, it's called "How to Play Any Song in Any Key." That's a great title. Yeah, memorable. Yeah, That's what I like. and it really—I mean, some people are like, "Oh, wow, you didn't teach." I taught you the system on how to do that. Yeah, uh, and big shout out and uh, reps to the great Ellis Marsalis for for teaching me that. And you know, it's also like when you say things like that, play you know, practice in the key of music, practice in all keys. These are aspirational things, but they are achievable. Yeah. Like everybody can practice today, you know, the phrases I'm giving and you can check out the 30 day challenge on, it's on my Instagram. It's on, we'll have links below Instagram, YouTube. Uh, I think it might even be on the talks as the kids are saying, yeah, the yeah. talkies. But the idea is that like, there's always something we can practice. If that's a major scale, a lot of us need to practice that, you know? But you know, if you can do one thing, if you practice one way, this, I think, is the most important thing. Mm. If if you're if you have a little bit of time to yeah. take it through several keys, yep. because you know the most of the music that we play has to deal with like all twelve keys. You know, we're Absolutely. not playing. There's gonna come a three time. chord, but in jazz, you know, we play all the notes, twelve notes of the scale, dipshit, not three chords on a ukulele. <laughs> exactly. John Goodman, is that a new button you have there, That's sir? a new button, I know. Okay, I'm, it's, folks, it's a little it's aggressive. You're going to hear a lot of this. Excuse, a, excuse the foul language. Hide your children, hide your wife. We got Adam Mann's got a new button. Maybe we should beep that at some point. But it's from, uh, it's from a great film called... Uh, Wait, in, play it one more time. Wait, say where it's from. But in okay. jazz, you know. It's from Inside Lewin Davis, the Coen Brothers film. John Goodman plays a jazz musician. It's about a folk musician. Uh -huh. And John Goodman plays a pretty horrible person who happens to be a jazz musician. Play it again. I think I have a way we can but beat it out. jazz, you know, we play all the notes. 12 notes of the scale, dipshit. Not three chords on a ukulele. Is that your beep? Yeah. Is that your beep? I try, try it one more time. Oh, I can do better. I got the timing now. Uh, Go ahead. But in jazz, you know, we play all the notes. Twelve notes of the scale, dipshit. Not three chords <laughs> Sorry, on late. a ukulele. I'm late. We'll, we'll, we'll get it. We'll Three get it. chords on a ukulele, ukulele. is my I love favorite. That. I love that. Cool. Well, this is great, Peter. Yeah, Thanks very much, man. And uh, go check out Peter's 30-Day Challenge. We're going to link to that. We're also going to link to his video, How to Play Any Tune in Any Key. Yep. What was it called? Uh, how to Play Any Song in Any Key. How to Play Any Song in Any Key. Uh, Caleb's going to put those in the show notes, so yep. you can link to both of those things. Sounds good. Until next time. You'll hear it. Mm -hmm.